When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Hey, it's Friday night. Weather's been pretty good. Into the weekend we go. Golf is back. We're going to talk about that later on on Inside Sports tonight. We're moving towards slowly phasing back into a more pre-pandemic world. I don't know if we're ever going to get there totally, but May 14th, the key date in this province. I've been doing the show for my spare bedroom for, I don't know, I think about three and a half weeks now. So, yeah, I've been wearing sweatpants. I've been wearing old T-shirts. I don't need to get dressed up. But tonight I thought, well, it's Friday night, Reed. Why don't you do something a little different? Why don't you make this Friday a little special? So I went into the closet and I found some, some of my nicer clothes. And I thought, I'm going to get a little gussied up here. You know, I'm going to put on the Ritz a little bit here. So I found some, uh, I found some nice dress clothes. And I thought, oh, I'm going to maybe make my hair look a little bit nicer. Maybe, you know, just work on my uh, overall appearance. I don't know what happened, but I look exactly like Marilyn Monroe. So it's probably good I'm doing the show from home where, where no one can see me. It's, it's really bizarre, the transformation that I underwent. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. We have a lot to get to. You'll uh, hear some comments in a couple of minutes from Bill Daly, the Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League. He was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Dave Campbell will break down the Eskimos draft from last night. Murray McCourt will be our golf guest this evening from the ranch as uh, he'll tell us how it's going to look to golf in a social distancing world. And Michael Benning from the Sherwood Park Crusaders has been named the best defenseman in Canadian Junior A hockey. He's the younger brother of Matt Benning, the defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers. He will check in tonight as well. So we have a busy hour for you. You are welcome to participate by calling or texting 780-496-0063. Kellen Kennedy is back at the 630 Ched Broadcasting Compound. Now, Kellen, I have set up my little home office here, uh-huh. my little home broadcasting studio, so uh, I, I cannot see a television. So I've limited the distractions, and really uh-huh. there are no live sporting events to watch anyway. But I understand you have a classic sporting event on the tube there. Yeah, I just left the channel on uh, and uh, checking out the 2009 Great Cup between Saskatchewan and Montreal. Uh, 26-11 Saskatchewan with 10 minutes left in the fourth. Reed, I think they might do it. I think they might win this one. One of the greatest lines in sports writing I've ever read, and I wish I could remember uh, the Regina writer who wrote it about that Grey Cup where uh, he said now since then the riders then they did they didn't win the great cup what in 2013 i guess uh the game played in regina so that was their fourth but at at this time they had won three in that game and and if people are wondering where we're going i'm sure most of you remember this is the game saskatchewan appeared to have in the bag they crumbled montreal caught up and then missed a field goal on the last play of the game to win it saskatchewan was called for too many men, Damon Duvall got to kick it again. 
Montreal wins. And the next day, one of the writers from a Regina newspaper wrote, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have now celebrated four Grey Cup victories, but actually won only three. <laughs> because they were celebrating. They thought it was over. That We had a great interview a few months ago with Glenn Johnson, who was the referee of that game. Mm. And he saw the flags go up and the other officials come to him and say, this is the call. And he said, okay, what, are you sure? Or this is, this, you, you sure you have this? But they had 13 men. And that, that, that'll that be our off-topic topic for tonight, 780-496-0063. What do you think is the most crushing loss in Canadian sports history? And now this is not for a team you cheer for. Try to consider everything. Certainly here in Edmonton, the Steve Smith own goal from 1986 would be on there. And that was the anniversary of that yesterday. It was April 30th, 1986. That that would be on there. So try to think well, maybe it was something in a national team, in an Olympics to a world junior team. But I, I would put that rider's loss as one of the most memorable crushing losses in the history of Canadian sports. Not only did they lose that way with too many men, they had the game in the bag Mm -hmm. and they really started playing a very passive game and let Montreal uh, back in it. That's, I mean, I'm glad you said the score, Kellen, because everybody remembers the too many men play. It's not just that. It's that the Riders blew a big lead along the way. Anyway, it's not like I'm trying to sit here and make Riders fans feel bad. It's not as if I would ever do that on a Friday night on a, on a beautiful weekend. Oh, no, 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 no. I would, I would never I would never do that at all. Okay, so the Edmonton Oilers have uh, confirmed a signing today. I think this was kind of out here, uh, out in the uh, hockey world for the last few days, but confirmed today by the Oilers. They've signed defenseman Philip Berglund to a two-year entry-level contract, 22 years of age, 20 points in the Swedish Hockey League this season, drafted 91st overall by the Oilers in 2016 and he will uh, likely remain in the Swedish Hockey League next season. I mentioned Bill Daly, the Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. I want to play a couple of the key clips out of that. First of all, Daly explained the criteria for host cities should the NHL narrow it down to a few cities to host games and finish the season. So, I mean, obviously there's a number of, of things that would be relevant to, uh, to a centralized venue, um, you know, and, and I think you, you're right in, in, in putting at the top of the list what the COVID-19 situation is in that community, um, uh, both with respect to the incidents and, and uh, whether it's a healthy community or not, uh, but also with respect to the testing situation because... Um, you know, frequent testing of, of kind of the participants in any playdown scenario is going to be an important part uh, of what we're doing, and, and um, we're need, we're going to need to have uh, access to testing, and, and we're going to make it a point um, that we're not accessing testing you even on a, in a private way uh, if testing um, availability is an issue in the community. So um, we will not test asymptomatic players ahead of, of, of symptomatic people uh, who are unable to get tested. Uh, it's just something we will not do. Um, so those two issues in, in terms of picking a, a venue or a location are going to be important to us. Obviously, uh, you get down to the, the more basic needs of, of, you know, if you're bringing multiple teams in a market, how many sheets of ice uh, is in the community or close proximity, what's the hotel situation, 
what what is the venue uh, situation itself in terms of um, is it a state-of-the-art NHL venue? Does it have uh, up-to-date uh, technology, safety standards, and the like? So those are all uh, elements that will have to be looked at um, uh, if and when we get to a point um, where we have to select locations. Key thing in there for me, and I brought this up before as a, as a possible concern that I would have about the NHL going into a city like Edmonton and frequently testing players is are those players getting tested at the expense of the general population? And Daly has said they would they would not have that happen. They would not have an asymptomatic player tested, whereas a symptomatic person would not get tested. So I was happy to hear that. Bob narrowed down the question for Daly earlier today. I think it's is Edmonton known, a candidate for games? I think it's publicly known that uh, uh, Edmonton has an interest in, in being in our city. We, we certainly uh, understand the benefits of Edmonton. So I, I, I think, yes, I, think that I can confirm that they're definitely in the mix. Okay, and I, and I think we kind of know that, but Daly confirms it. And he talked about some of the things in that other clip, proximity to hotels, an area where the coronavirus numbers are not out of control, are not dangerous. And Edmonton continues to be pretty good. Eight new cases today, pretty much single-digit new cases for about the last week or so. So that's good. This is still, to me, all longer-term thinking, perhaps into July or August for the NHL restarting, and there are other hurdles to clear, but they continue to work on it. And uh, the full Bill Daly interview on the Oilers Now page on 630Ched.com. Quarter after 7, we're going to take a quick timeout. Dave Campbell's coming up. All right, James texting in. He says, Reed, another logistic for the NHL to start is getting players from overseas here and then quarantining them for 14 days. That is from James. Yeah, well, you're right, James. There, there are a lot of things to consider for the NHL, but they have to proceed down every avenue and be prepared for a possible restart for a season if, if they get a green light from... Alberta, Manitoba, or wherever they might be looking to play. But yeah, and let's say like right now the, the border between Canada and the United States is closed. So even American players getting here would uh, would be an issue. Don says, uh, Reed, will you be going back to a two-hour show? I would like to see longer interviews. That is from Don. Don, the answer is yes. This is a temporary adjustment to be from 7 to 8. We bring a global news hour at 6 from 6 to 7 because there's uh, so much pandemic news that it's important to get to people uh we don't know when but we will be going back to a two-hour show it uh, i want to stress that to uh, the 14 of you who enjoy the show that this is a temporary move but we don't know how long temporary is in this case but we're going to try to bring you a good show every night and dave campbell's the producer of the show and he's a big part of that happening and he checks in tonight probably from his garage or his backyard or the bathroom in his basement i don't know hi dave that's that's the beauty of my position. You have no idea where I'm talking to you from. <laughs> Man of mystery, Dave Gavel from somewhere in Edmonton, presumably. That's Check right. in tonight. Safely. Somewhere yes. in Edmonton. Yeah. Well, good to have you on the show, buddy. Let's uh well first of all let everybody know how you're doing. They 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 still hear you, I know, but uh don't get to hear you as much. Uh, yeah. with everything that's going on and uh, no training camp in the next couple of weeks. How have you been? 
Yeah, we've been, uh, you know, we've been managing as, uh, you know, I think the best we can. Uh, we've been managing, you know, fairly well. Uh, you know, you got you got mom and dad uh, that's working from home. I, I be dad, uh, you know, mom is my wife, and we have two small kids. As I mentioned, we have a four-year-old son and a two-year-old girl. So, it, you know, it's, uh, we, I think we've we found a sort of a rhythm working from home and dealing with uh, uh, and taking care of our kids. So, you know, I mean, the work from home thing, it's been... And experience, you know, we had a lot of family time. I think in the beginning it was like, oh, that's a lot of family time. Now we're like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Now we can go outside and uh, the weather is getting so much better. So that's nice. The kids love being outside. We love being outside. So, you know, we're managing the best we can. All right. We're not going to go through every single player the Eskimos took in the draft last night. They did take nine players. Tomas Jack Cordilla, the uh, first over the pardon me, the first round pick, fourth overall, called into inside sports. Excellent interview. Plays guard. Been starting since his third game as a freshman for the University of Buffalo. So a really good prospect. What is going on with this second round pick, Elaine Pay, who I mean the Czech Republic angle to me that's that's trivia i mean good football players can come from anywhere you never know but this is really an eyebrow raiser to me because he's 27 and he hasn't played football since he was with the university of ottawa in 2017 like am i missing something what's the story here well it was definitely a pick that i think a lot of people raised eyebrows with and um honestly he was not on my he was not in my notes <laughs> on many people's notes uh, but you do a quick study on him, and wow, that was an amazing year he had in 2017. He had 25 and a half tackles. He he had uh, six sacks, but he hasn't played since 2017. He has a good story. Uh, he basically left football, stayed with Ottawa as a personal trainer, and then wanted to come back and play football and wanted to enter the global draft, which was supposed to be on April 16th, but then the pandemic hit. He actually got to play uh, or or participate in the Ontario Regional Combine before it basically halfway through got called off because of the pandemic. And uh, he was able to qualify as a Canadian. So I I think what surprises people is the fact that there might have been some other quality players on the board that are more known that have been playing, like uh, Cam Lawson, for example, out of Queens, um, who had... 75 defensive tackles and 11 quarterback sacks in four years but you know i think this is a risky pick but you look at his measurables and you look at like 64 240 and you look at the film and brock Sutherland was saying this yesterday eskimos gm you look at the film he just jumps off the page i mean he had 25 and a half total tackles in one season uh it, at uh, at uh, at the university of ottawa ggs and he was an all-conference rookie so uh, and he got six sacks from a defensive tackle position. So uh, it's an interesting pick. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's a pick where it has to prove itself out over time. I wasn't a big fan of it. I think right now I am still not a big fan of it. Um, but you know what? Brock Sunderland's list, and, and that's the thing, is that everyone's list in the CFL draft and, and any draft are going to be so different. Uh, but for him to be a second-round pick for a guy who hasn't played in three years, he's going to really have to step up. Yeah, you wonder if he would have been available later on. So I think that one's going to be scrutinized for sure. G- give me another name out of the uh, other seven that you kind of like somebody the Eskimos got that might have some potential or you just like maybe where they wound up getting him. You know what? I love the Chris Garbar- Garbarosa pick out of uh, Wagner. Uh, six foot six, 300 pounds. A lot of uh, mock drafts had him rated early third round. 
maybe late second round for him to fall that far uh, is impressive to me. And, you know, uh, Tomas Jackardilla is a great pick. Uh, but, you know, when you compare him to Garbarosa, uh, you know, the physical attributes that Gar- Garbarosa, uh, Garbarosa has at 6'6", 300, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just it's so imposing. Where Jackardilla is more of a technician, and he's a very good technician. He's very technically sound, but, you know, maybe doesn't have the bring the physical uh, aspect to an offensive lineman that maybe you want to see, and Garber Garbarosa does. So I like that pick a lot. Um, he's a very good uh, pass protector at Wagner uh, at left tackle, and you know from a tackle spot, he's a pretty good run blocker as well. So um, he's just going to have to learn how to use his feet up here in the CFL. But I love that pick, and for the Eskimos to get a quality guy who was a projected top a top uh, three round pick, uh, and and get him at the sixth round. Uh, this could be a steal like Kwaku Botang was in 2017. Dave Campbell joining us tonight on Inside Sports. For a recap of all the Eskimos draft picks, go to 630Ched.com. Go to the Eskimos page. Dave and Morley were working on that last night. Dave, uh, the Eskimos had to lay off some staff members. Uh, can you can you just give an update on what's going on with Dwayne Mandrusiak? Obviously, very popular member of, the, of that organization in the community. Yeah, this was supposed to be year number 50 for, uh, for Dwayne and something like this happening so yeah he along with the rest of the equipment staff and the medical staff were uh giving uh given layoffs this week it was unclear from eskimos president and and ceo chris preston whether that was going to be a temporary layoff or not uh my understanding is the hope that it is temporary so you know i mean the the, the fact that it's duane you know it's 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 tough because he's been a lifelong eskimo since 1971 and uh it's just hard to see right now, but at the same time, the economics of the CFL and the economics of society right now and the businesses that they've been ravaged because of because of this pandemic, and it's you know it's really making uh, a lot of uh, decisions very hard for for organizations, and they just have to bite the bullet and make the tough decisions. So um, I, I know today, uh, Cliff Ewings, the uh, media relations uh, uh, coordinator for the Eskimos, was let go temporarily today too. So. You know, it, it, it just happens to, to, to cut a little bit deeper. So, But to see Dwayne, uh, you know, having to go through this, and this is not the way, and I hope he'll be able to come back. We will have a season of some sort, you know, likely starting in September, if it can happen. That's the way for Dwayne to, to have a season and to be remembered for his 50th year, not not like this. So um, tough to see, man, because he's one of the best guys, that, best guys in the business, uh, best guys in sports, best guys around. Yeah, hopefully the the season is played. We know it would be a, a shortened one at this point. He's brought back for year fifty. That that would be uh, the appropriate thing, I think, for the Eskimos to do. Dave, thanks for the update on the draft. Thanks for checking in on the show tonight. Enjoy your weekend, man. Looking forward to uh, five more shows. Planning them with you next week. You betcha, buddy. We'll talk to you uh, Monday morning at ten thirty. Ah, heck, we talk. We'll talk before then because we always do. <laughs> we will. We will. That is Dave Cavill. Eskimos at 6.30, Chet, he's our color analyst for the broadcast, and he's the producer of this show, and he and I do a 10.30 a.m. phone call every day to kind of get the ball rolling on where we want the shows to go for that week, but we often talk outside of that window as well. It is time to yell four in Alberta. Murray McCourt from the ranch when we get back.
Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 7.33 Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, so we had some Bill Daly clips. He was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier in the show. He confirmed Edmonton would be a candidate to be a host city if the NHL wound up staging games to complete the season in a small number of cities. But not everybody's on board with this idea. You may have seen an article by Larry Brooks out of the New York Post. Brooksy, as he's known, especially by John Tortorella, saying that not all players like this idea that you might have to go to a city and kind of live in quarantine for 8, 10, 12 weeks. We had Rob Brown on the show a couple of weeks ago, and, and he said when he was a player, he wouldn't have liked that idea. When when he and his wife uh, you know, had twins while he was a player, that he wouldn't have wanted to, to leave. So there would be some players with young families or or you know friends or family members or parents they want to be around to help out so there's still a lot to be decided here with the nhl of course they keep working on it but the conditions are getting more favorable in some parts of the world like in in edmonton to maybe host some games somebody texted in about players coming from overseas and players would have to come from the united states there are a lot of obstacles but the big wigs at the nhl are uh, they get the big bucks because they got to try to figure it out and it's one of those things where you, you, you come on every night and I wish, you know, when, when you work in the media, you like, you like facts, right? You like certainties. You like to be able to tell your audience, this is what we found out. This is what's happening. But with all the NHL stuff, I can't do that. I'd be irresponsible if I was doing that. All I can tell you is it, it changes. They're working on it. There's still a lot of I don't know. There was a lot of I don't know about golf in Alberta. Until yesterday, when the Premier and Dr. Hinshaw said, you can golf, you can golf starting tomorrow. Well, actually, they didn't say the correct date at a time. That bounced back and forth. <laughs> but but you can golf right away. And to talk a little bit about that, it's our buddy Murray McCourt, GM, executive golf professional from the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Murray, first of all, I hope you and all your loved ones have been safe and healthy through this. It has uh, been a very tough time for a lot of people. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we're doing fine. It's been a struggle. We have a our son turned two this week and uh, uh, battling um, me me working and my wife working and uh, not having daycare anymore. It's been a battle, but you know our story is no different than anybody else's, and uh, it's been tough on all of us. and And we're all battling through. It's it's been uh, something that none of us have experienced before. No, and, and I think getting out there to play a round or two is something that will help people mentally. And, and as you know, Murray, you know, I, I golf probably a couple times a week during the, during the summer when we get into this time of year. And plus, I'm a runner and just doing that the last couple of weeks, getting a little bit of exercise helps so much. So I think golf is going to help people. Um, just, just first of all, what was it like playing the waiting game for you and all your colleagues around the city and around the province for that matter where – I kind of got the sense that there would be golf this summer, but maybe we didn't know when, maybe we didn't know what it was, if it was going to be quite this soon. So what was that waiting game like? Well, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, emotional roller coaster for, for all involved. I mean, 
we at, at times maybe didn't even think we we're going to open this year and we're making decisions uh you know trying to make sure that our business could survive uh, being on the other side of this and the health care is obviously first and foremost on everyone's mind but you know our businesses and our families of you know the, our employees and our staff and and everything and having jobs and you know we needed to make sure we protected our business to make sure we survived uh, coming out on the other side of this and and not knowing what that was going to look like and until uh, yesterday, about 26 hours ago, uh, we really didn't know. I mean, it got to be a point where we, we recognized and realized we're going to be open and Alberta's a little bit worse than some other places, so we, we didn't really know when it was going to be. So now that we're, we're getting back at and let's clarify, it is tomorrow, right? Because at first it was saturday then it was monday it, it is it is tomorrow right <laughs> right it is it is tomorrow and okay not you're not going to find very many golf courses that are open tomorrow uh, but we were we were prepared we were ready we've been uh, working hard towards uh this day for for you know a, a month now and uh, and we're ready we're open tomorrow and uh, as crazy as this sounds uh, reed we started booking for tomorrow at noon today. We were full from 7 a.m. until 4 p.m. in 13 minutes. That's <laughs> Between awesome. Online bookings and phone calls, 13 minutes. It was absolutely insane. Our online booking system actually crashed uh, because so many people were online booking at the same time and people were booking trying to book the exact same time at the uh at the at the, at the same time and and only one person was getting the time and and so right now we had to pull our online booking it crashed and we're hoping to have online bookings back up again tomorrow it's been crazy okay well that's that's good to hear and i, I guess i shouldn't be surprised because people want to get out there and play and especially tomorrow the weather's supposed to be pretty good so for the people who are going golfing what are some of the key changes to what they're used to? What are some of the rules that they're going to be asked to follow because of social distancing and because of the pandemic? Well, believe it or not, the government official protocols didn't uh, come out until an hour ago. <laughs> so uh, we've been operating on uh, on some speculation, but the bottom line, Reed, is the government has given the golf industry a lot of rope. And the golf industry has been saying to the government for six weeks that golf is a game that can help people with physical uh, great physical activity great mental health relief and help the economy in, in a lot of ways and we are ready to do this and so the government has given us a lot of rope and now it's up to the golf industry to prove it and and everybody within the golf industry, every single golf course needs to step up and make sure that they're going above and beyond the proto- official protocols to ensure that we keep the golfers safe, our staff safe, because the health issue is still first the, the, the biggest issue and the biggest priority right now. And we need to ensure that, that everyone is safe when they come to, to the ranch and every golf course in this province needs to ensure that they're going above and beyond to make sure that happens. Okay, so just a couple things I want to clarify here. Uh, Will there be flags? 
Yes. Uh, well, I, I can speak for our facility. I can't speak for every facility. Okay. You are not allowed to touch the flag. At any facility in this province, don't touch the flag. And every facility is going to have their own rules. What we've done at the ranch is we have modified our cups, so the ball is going to fall into the cup, but it's barely going to be uh, be down at all. And so very easy for you to pick up with two fingers and only touch your ball and not touch the flag whatsoever. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, are we golfing in foursomes, going out two at a time? What's the deal there? So foursomes are absolutely allowed. With power carts, it's going to be one person per power cart unless you are uh, playing golf with a family member. So if you're playing with your wife or a son or daughter, then you can ride in a cart together. But other than that, it's one cart per person. Okay, and what about uh, raking bunkers? Is that a no-no? Yeah, so there's not going to be any rakes in any, in any bunker. So, of course, the golfers are encouraged to uh, kind of clean up their, uh, their, the sand trap with their, with their feet and their club to try to make it as smooth as possible. And that's what that looks like. So, ultimately, Reed, what's going to happen at, at our facility is when you walk, drive in, you're going to be stopped as soon as you get into our parking lot by an attendant. And the attendant is going to give you... Uh, some information. They're going to give you some information to read in your car before you get out of your car, and they're going to give you every bit of instruction that you need between the time where you pull into the parking lot, where you're going to park, and what you're going to do from that moment until you meet our starter. And then once you meet the starter, the starter is going to give you all the instruction to get on your power cart, all the rules on the golf course, and what that's all going to look like. And uh, and then off you go to play. Then when you come off the 18th green, our greeter, or just so happens our entrance road comes right beside the 18th green, the, the same person that's going to meet you when you pull in is going to meet you again to remind you what the protocols are with your power guard after the round and make sure that you know and follow the rules once you complete, uh, complete your round. Uh, to do that all properly and and get you out of the property. So the goal is at the end of the round, you're going to know, you're going to feel like you had a great experience. You're going to feel like you were very safe and and you're going to feel healthier driving away from the ranch after playing 18 holes and getting some physical activity, getting some mental relief, and uh, and you're going to just feel safer for the experience. Well, I mean, it's, you, you, you've planned everything out, so, I mean, that's that's awesome. I've got to ask you this one because a couple people brought this up to me. If the clubhouse and the pro shop is closed, how do I pay? It's prepaid only. Uh, okay. The government protocols are recommending that you prepay only at the ranch, and I hope other facilities are doing the same thing. It has to be prepaid only, either online or over the phone when you book, and uh, that's just the way it's going to have to be for for a little while. So pro shops are, are closed at the ranch. We do have an online pro shop, so you can uh, call, uh, you know, book on, uh, through our website to purchase, make your purchases online, and we would have. Uh, the purchases that you made for golf balls or tees or gloves or anything you need sitting on your power cart waiting for you. Oh, okay. Uh, and, you know, we're pulling into the pro shop and we can make that arrangement happen, but you absolutely you are not going to be able to walk into the pro shop uh, at all until May 14th, assuming that that date uh, holds. Same thing on the uh, food and beverage side. Well, the, the couples will be open for people to go in and use the washroom and we'll be uh, – Cleaning the washrooms uh, uh, basically after every use, and uh, and the other part of that is 
we are going to be able to do takeout uh, food service just like uh, any other restaurant is. You're not going to be able to, the clubhouse is closed, so you're not going to be able to come in the clubhouse and sit around and hang out in the clubhouse, but you're going to be able to come in the clubhouse, go to the washroom, and uh, you're going to be able to call in off of 9 or 18, order your food, basically curbside type of pickup where you uh, pick up your food and, and eat it on your power card on the back nine or pick it up and take it away from you when you're uh, leaving the property for your, at the end of your round. Okay. Well, it sounds like you've had everything planned out. And I, I thought I, I thought in BC I read or heard that they'd spaced out the tea times a little bit further. Are you guys doing anything like that? Yes, absolutely we are. Uh our regular tea time intervals rotate between eight minutes and nine minutes, eight minutes and nine minutes. So to ensure that we're uh, keeping groups a little further apart and not having uh, as many people on our property and and just uh, alleviating issues as much as possible, uh, we're having our tea times at 12 minutes. Okay, so, so nothing, yeah, nothing excessive then, though. That's... I mean, I Correct. think that's pretty reasonable time anyway. So, okay. Another now, big factor that I think is important for people to know is that you're only allowed to uh, show up 15 minutes before your tea time. If you arrive earlier than that, you're going to be asked to stay in your car until 15 minutes before your tea time. As far as our driving range goes, uh, we're not going to have our driving range open at, at all for uh, at least a little bit. Uh, but when we do open our driving range, it's going to be open for golfers only, not for public to come out. When the greeter meets you at the top of the hill, if you don't have a tee time, you're going to be asked to turn around and uh, and head home. You're not allowed on our property unless you have a tee time at all. Uh, so we can't have extra people coming out to the ranch and trying to hit some putts or thinking they can use the driving range. It's uh, uh, to make sure that we have only so many people on our on the property and the social distancing is keeping uh, yeah, keeping at what we need to to keep for to keep everyone safe you're only allowed on the property if you have a tea time all right well murray thanks for outlining how things are going to go at the ranch and and like you mentioned a lot of courses will be doing very similar things here as the golf season does officially begin in alberta thanks for weighing in tonight i look forward to seeing you this summer hopefully sooner rather than later thank you for coming on tonight not a problem have yourself a great night reed that is murray mccourt general manager executive golf pro at the ranch golf and country club he outlined how things are working there and they will He's been named the best defenseman in junior A hockey in all of Canada. Please welcome to Inside Sports from the Sherwood Park Crusaders, Michael Benning. Michael, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on tonight. Kind of a crazy time here, but congratulations on being named the top junior A defenseman in Canada. Man, your reaction when you found out you were awarded that honor? Oh, you know, I was I was pretty excited. Uh, I had a late morning. Uh, waking up, I uh, slept in, and I woke up, and there was just a whole bunch. My phone kind of blew up. Uh, I was kind of surprised that way. Um, and then, uh, you know, I just had a big smile on my face. Uh, I was kind of happy, I guess, and was, uh, yeah, I was just kind of uh, happy for my success throughout the year, and uh, my teammates put me lots of that. So 
Yeah, I was happy. Obviously, this has been a strange time for everybody, and you know, Junior A right in in crunch time, rolling into the post. The playoffs already started in the AJ. I think they'd already just started, hadn't they? Yeah, they just started. Uh, we had a first round bye, so we didn't actually get to play a playoff game. So uh, yeah, we're just waiting for uh, the second round to start, but then COVID uh, got the best of us. So, well, how I mean, give us some perspective on how. And look, I know there's there's other issues in the world, but but how tough was that? Because you guys obviously were having a great season, had a had a chance to win the league and go into the national playdowns even. Yeah, like uh, we had a great team this year. We had a good leader, um, good leadership group. Um, we were, you know, we we're pumped. Uh, we had a lot of skill. And uh, last year we came up short with uh, lost in the North Island with Spruce Grove. But this year, you know, we're hungry and we finished first in the league and first in our junior, Canada junior. Um, so, you know, we're fired up for that. And it's, it's always tough to just not even get a kick at the can so but yeah it was it was a fun year otherwise you know uh still have a lot of memories with the guys and relationships so it's good jeff wawitka played in the nhl he's on the coaching staff with the crusaders can you tell us about jeff's impact on your career michael oh yeah just a beauty um yeah he he was great uh he, he knew all the tricks of the trade there um a lot, of, a lot of defensive things he had in my game as me being like an offensive defenseman. Uh, he was, you know, he was great. Uh, just teaching me little things in just the corner. Um, even how to talk to social media too. Um, even with that stuff off the ice. So he was, he was a good mentor. And uh, as well as he, uh, he knew how to play the game right. Uh, he was a great coach and uh, a great person. So. Michael Benning joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, I believe you co- you've committed to Denver, but but I don't think that's until the fall of 2021. You are draft eligible. Do you know what's uh, ahead for you in the fall, perhaps? Uh, actually, as as of uh, yesterday, I signed my LOI with uh, Denver to go on next season. So, uh, yeah, with that. So I'm going in there next season as uh, as a true freshman. And, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for that to uh, kind of start up. Um, don't know when the schooling or anything like that is going to start, but um, I'm excited for that. Okay, so you're going to go for this fall then. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, so you, your last name is Benning. Elmer was your grandfather. Brian's your dad. Uh, Jim's your uncle. Matt with the Oilers is your older brother. Abby with the U of A Pandas is uh, your sister. Um, and, and I think you're the only one in your household besides your mom that hasn't been on the show. So now we have to get her on at some point. But which uh, <laughs> which which family member has been the biggest impact on your hockey career? Ah, uh, hockey career probably my dad and my brother. Um, you know, my brother my brother's been through been through all the, like the stuff uh, in present time with the media with uh, all that stuff. Um, and just going the same route as me as a college group. My dad's been a big influence as well. Um, he just kind of grizzled and just uh, through a different path than me. Um, so, yeah, like they're both big influences on me. Um, and uh, as well as just on the ice, just teaching me little things. Um, 
mostly positive because I get to be hard on myself a lot of times. So um, mostly just supportive and, and that. So. All right, and the the NHL draft, there's uncertainty there, but can you tell us a little bit about playing the waiting game for that and if NHL teams have talked to you or are still talking to you? Uh, yeah, with that, I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, they, uh, it's not happening in Montreal anymore, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, I think they're talking about a virtual draft. Like they did with the NFL, um, yeah. And like a lot of the teams are scheduling meetings with um, me and Zoom, so like there'll be like like four or five people uh, with their scouting group, and they'll just contact me on Zoom or whatever, and just have like a, a twenty-minute chat on there. So it's it's different, um, but you know you gotta you gotta adjust. So right on. Well, Michael, it's awesome to have you on the show. You know, I used to cover the Alberta Junior Hockey League when I when I lived in Lloydminster for seven years. So I, I got a big soft spot for the league, and I love to see success stories coming out of Junior A. So all the best. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you for sure, and thanks for checking in tonight. Awesome. Thank you. That is Michael Benning, best defenseman in Junior A hockey in Canada from the Sherwood Park Crusaders. And as he told you, he is going to Denver University this fall. All right, we're winding her down for the week. Hey, hope you have a great weekend ahead. And uh, just remember, some of the regulations are loosening up, but they're not gone. So still remember to be safe and, uh, and be aware out there. We want to protect the most vulnerable people. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show, also one of the guests tonight. You heard from Murray McCourt from The Ranch and Michael Benning from The Crusaders. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you Monday at 7. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.